Let's begin our dig into God's word by joining together in praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. So with Valentine's Day coming up on Tuesday, I can promise you I am not trying to start any fights right now. Do not let this ruin whatever time you're going to spend together with somebody, but I'm going to ask you a question that very well could lead to a debate that you have or there really isn't any turning back after it. Are you ready? What's the right way to do dishes? What do you think? <laughs> you you got to be real careful right now. Again, I'm not trying to start any fights. You, you got to be careful. What do you what do you think? What's the right way to do them? Fill up the sink, uh, toss them in, let it soak for a good little while. How about the the drop of soap on the sponge, and then you you rub and you scrub and you rinse off, and then you let them dry on their own after that. Uh, or are you a we got a dishwasher at home, so that's, of course, what we're going to use. Well, then then you got even more trouble, don't you? Because then what's the right way to load the dishwasher? What's the right cycle to put it on? What's the right detergent that you're going to be using? Well, ask your spouse, your family, maybe your friend back in the barracks. Ask them what's the right way to do the dishes, and you're going to realize pretty quickly that we've got a lot of different opinions about what is the right way to do things. Even in this, even in one of the seemingly smallest things that we do in our lives, you know that unity in any relationship, that can be a challenge. In our series that we're looking at every single week, we are working to live life together. And we've seen how much God wants us to live life together with him, right? We talk about the unity that comes from Jesus, his forgiveness, so that us imperfect people aren't separated by faults and failures and flaws. Instead, we are at one with God right now. Because Jesus has brought us back together with him, with God as this perfect, gracious partner our relationship with him is good. And it's going to be good. So it's only after this foundation that we have, knowing what God thinks about us, knowing what Jesus has done for us, that we can start to approach the theme that is our theme for today. We want to live life together for each other. Because that was kind of funny, right? But how do you have the tough conversations. What's your approach going to be to conflict and disagreements? How do you stop the Valentine's date from going poorly? Because now I've planted this idea in your head that you got to bring up something that's going to bring up conflict and argument and a fight. I mean, living life together for each other, for other people who are sinners, that is a challenge. Spoiler alert. Life for each other has to start with Jesus. This is where Paul starts 
Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, you can kind of hear it. When Paul starts all these things with an if, this is not a real if going on here. No, you are united with Christ, and that fills you with encouragement. His unconditional love for you is not going to change through the worst times. The Spirit has worked faith in your heart so that you do trust in Jesus. You see life through this Jesus lens thing that we talked about last week, and it makes your heart feel with compassion for other people. Not an if, but because all of these things are true in Christ, then Paul says to people, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Summarize it, squish it down, live life together for each other. So how do you do that? How do you get that humble, you-first kind of perspective to live life for somebody else? Oh, here's one option, and I can promise you if this is the route you want to go, it's not going to be great. It looks like this. You compare yourself to other people. <laughs> do this and eventually, I promise you, humility is going to smack you right in the face. Because other people are better than you. An NBA player, a WNBA player is going to beat you at basketball. Five million to nothing. <clears throat> Your A minus, that's pretty good. But the A plus with extra credit is better I mean, you got your wife, your spouse, one little box of chocolates. What about the guy over there that got the year-long subscription, the weekly one that continues again and again? You compare yourself to other people, and sometimes you might think, yeah, the scale tips in your balance, but really, look at other people. You will find people, and they're better than you. You see, you and I love to play this comparison game only when it makes us look good compared to somebody else. You serve at the soup kitchen and you help and feed other people because then you're going to get likes on that picture on social media. You sit with the outcast at lunch because then you're going to build up the social points among the social scene because, oh, you care for somebody that other people don't want to sit with. You let other people talk. You listen to them. You kind of pretend like you're listening well, but it's only so that eventually, once they're done talking, then you can unload and tell them how they're wrong and you're right. Even in service for other people. We love living as people who've got this messed up thought that somewhere, some deep down thing makes us think that we're better, that we're first. No, your humility, your for somebody else perspective that you want to have as a Christian, 
He's got to come from somewhere, something else, something better, something outside of you and me and our messed up hearts. It's got to come from this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Life for each other has to start with Jesus at the base because his mindset, his perspective are not messed up like yours and mine. Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, I mean, this is mind-blowing. Jesus, who is God, decided to come down out of perfection and live with people, messed up people, in a messed up place. Jesus came to serve other people around him who should have been serving him and bowing down to him and worshiping him at every single moment. And Jesus served And it wasn't just simple, little service. No, Jesus was all in on service. A servant for people all of the time. Jesus gave up absolutely everything. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Jesus, the perfect God, man, died a criminal's death, being humiliated in front of everybody and being killed for everybody else to see and to make fun of him. But do not let his service, (laughs) don't let that deceive you and make you think that he is not who he truly is because therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Oh yeah, Jesus is God. Jesus has the power and the honor and the glory as God so that everything, everyone, everywhere is going to acknowledge who he is, that he is God above all. This Jesus, who is God above all and who chose to serve, this one is the one who humbles you and fills your heart with humility in a much better way than comparisons are ever going to do for you. No, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He made himself nothing taking this nature of a servant, being found in human likeness, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, for you, for me. Jesus, whose God did all of this for you, for your forgiveness, so that there's no doubts in your mind whatsoever, you are the most valuable thing to God, so much so that he died for you. 
This is the humility that God puts in our hearts. This is the humble perspective that he starts to fill us up with. This is where valuing others truly comes from. Because then you value others first in front of yourself. You start looking to their interest, to their needs, and it comes from this humbled heart, humbled by how much God has loved you. Not comparing yourself to anybody else, not comparing and finding your faults and your flaws, but a humbled heart because God loves you that much. And from this place of good and proper and right humility, you are equipped. You get ready to live a life together for each other. You live with this unity going on that starts in your head and in your heart. You've got a deep connection with other people because God the Holy Spirit is in you and shaping you. You stop looking for how you might be better than somebody else or worse than somebody else. And instead, you start looking for opportunities to help them, to love them, to look out for them first. This is who you are as a Christian. This is what Christ has made you to be. You are humbled and you're ready to serve each other. But one of the things that I've loved about the Apostle Paul's letters, and you can read through the the letter to the Philippians pretty quickly, probably like 20 minutes, you can get through all of it. I love this the most. Paul name drops people, like specific, real people that were real relationships with him in real life. In this letter, especially he name drops his friend Timothy, Epaphroditus, Euodia, Syntyche, Clement, like these might be weird names for us, but these are real people with real lives and all of them had this real relationship going on with Paul. Because you see, life together for each other means serving the people that you do know. This isn't some unnamed group, this ambiguous thing that's floating around in space that we're looking to serve. No, do it right now. Take a minute and look around you. Look at the people sitting next to you. Look at the people away on the other corner of our church. Look at the people behind you. This is who God calls you to serve. This, it's our parents. This is our kids. These are our neighbors and our friends that we know. It's the people joining us online whose faces we can't see right now personal. It's real. It's here. And if somebody walks through that door, if they join us for a worship service, if they join us for a Bible study, if they come to your life group, if they text us, if they call us on the phone, if they come and ask you just any question, if they want a real relationship with you, even for one minute, that's who you start looking for. That's the face that you try to serve. That's the person that you want to live life together with. Real people, real relationships, real faces, real service for them. So do it. Encourage your brothers and sisters here and who are part of this group far away to join a life group. Support them. Encourage them. Pray for them. Take time and get messy with the people whose lives are messy right now. 
Sacrifice for him. Give when somebody can't give back to you. Respond in love and good things to the person who's been awful to you and who hates you. Live life for each other, not yourself. Valentine's Day is coming up on Tuesday. And it's a good day. It's a cool day for us as Christians to be able to reflect this love. To see in somebody else the opportunity to give for them. To sacrifice for them. To love them. And I, I should encourage this too. Do it. Do it on Tuesday. If you've got someone that you can show that love for in your life, do it for them. Love them. Sacrifice for them. But, I mean, honestly... This is one day that should be exactly the same as every other day. For us as Christians, every day is a life where we get to have this you-first lens going on where we live life together for each other. And I promise you, if you do that, not just on Tuesday, but every day, then when the argument comes up, the dispute arises of how to do dishes, your friend, your family member, your spouse, I promise you if you live life for them, they're not going to say a word about it. Amen.